0: Has that limitations in their spirit without uh, realizing that they are moving far away from the true expectation from the word of God. I pray that the spirit of God will wake people up. Hallelujah. Amen. Every time I remember years ago, we get excited when we hear that a particular man of God is coming and then we come, we, we, we I mean, we'll do anything and everything to begin to, Go there and hear what they're going to say. We well, you know what we're looking for. We will call something Revi. 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 Revelations. We want to find revelations. But listen, all the revelations that we got, what did we do with them? What did we do with them? And therefore, the knowledge of the kingdom of God is very, very paramount for us to be able to stand strong as citizens of the kingdom. Hallelujah. And the necessities of the kingdom are the things that we need to know. Every child of God must need to know the necessities of the kingdom. That What makes you uh, resourceful in the kingdom? What are your benefits? What are your advantages? What are your limitations? What are your, your parameters? All these things are vital for us to become uh, productive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Productive, one of the comments, one of the statements that uh, Jesus, uh, the Lord, the word of the Lord uh, brought in Genesis concerning Adam and spoke to Adam for him to do that he has to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. All those instructions was all for us to become productive. Fruitfulness does not mean that you have to produce many children. Hallelujah. So you want a couple of wives or a couple of husbands or something? No. Or a lot of children. Hey, if God blesses you, praise God. If you can handle them, praise God. But what the Lord is telling us is to be productive. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that he created us in his image. That is how the Bible said from Genesis uh, chapter 1. He, he made us in his image. So we will look like him and when the scripture talks about hebrew uh, image in hebrew it means the character the characteristics of God we carry the the character of God in us hallelujah and and therefore we've got to begin to walk in the character of God if a child of God refuses to walk in the character of God then you are swaying from the true identity of yours hallelujah and that is what we have seen a lot of lives being stranded in many ways and in many places for many uh, generations. And people have died, moved on, and yet could not find expression of the glory of God in their lives. All because the character of God was not exhibited. Hallelujah. Because the world that we are living in is full of all kinds of issues and challenges. And what the enemy is doing is to find ways and means to make your life much more unbearable so that you begin to curse God and die. Hallelujah. You curse God and miss the glory. You you pronounce a curse upon yourself and and, and miss the opportunity to be able to exhibit the character, the image of God. Hallelujah. And so today I want us to begin to go deep into the word of God, to learn some few things that will help us to be able to, um, Get to that place where God wants us to be, especially to become like God. Hallelujah. To become like God. To be able to walk on the same threshold and the same platform as Jesus Christ walks. Because he says that he no longer calls us slaves or servants, but we are co-heirs of the kingdom. Hallelujah. We are on equal platform, as I said the other day, with Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God. So people of God, it's very important that every child begins to understand their position, their kingdom rights and all that. But one of the things the Bible um, helped us to understand last time when we decided to go into these things concerning the kingdom was for us to get to the place of repentance. Because the Bible says that we are far away. We have strayed away from God. And we've taken a couple of uh, weeks to deal with repentance. We've done repentance one, repentance two, repentance three. And by the grace of God, I think that every child of God understands the need and the necessity for repentance. The next thing that we want to talk about is reconciliation. Reconciliation. And it's very, very paramount. Topic for us to deal with today. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we pray for wisdom. We pray for the revelations of your word to fill our hearts and our minds up. We pray that let our hearts be ready, our minds be ready, our spirits to be ready to receive from you the word of truth that can change our lives and our environment to the glory of your name. We pray, oh God, today that let your light shine in us so that we can be like you. In Jesus' precious name we ask. Amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're talking about reconciliation. Reconciliation. And my agenda today is that I want to help us to understand what reconciliation means. The different dimension God is expecting reconciliation to occur the necessities of reconciliations, what hinders the process of reconciliation, and the two things which are in common with Jesus Christ and Joseph, who shows us a typical example of reconciliation. Hallelujah. And now the last one will be taking advantage of being able to reconcile to God. So we'll take a practical example By the grace of God, as the Spirit of God gives us the grace. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So if your Bible is close to you, I want you to make a note, please make sure you write stuff down if it is possible, because these things that we are teaching are very, very detailed. Only few places you can hear words like this or teachings like this. Hallelujah. Because the word of God has come to us for us to be a blessing. And so we need to make sure that, we avail ourselves for the blessings of God to occur. Okay. If not, we miss the opportunity to become what the Lord wants us to be, and we don't want to miss that. Amen. So, open to Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen. Coming down, and let's hear the word of God from Second Corinthians chapter five, from verse seventeen. So, therefore, if any man or anyone is in Christ, he is. A new creation; the old things has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God. I'm using the English Standard Version. I'm using the ESV. Uh, if you can help us with that, because it's much more clearer for my understanding, if it's possible. So, all this is from God, who brought God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be a sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That through him we might become the righteousness of God reconciliation. It says that that Christ, so through Christ, he, God has reconciled us to himself. And one thing that God gave to us after putting us back to himself was to give us the same ministry, just as he made us in his image, that is in the characteristics of God, the character of God that he breathed in us, He gave us the same thing that he used to draw us back to himself. That's the act of reconciling man back to himself when men lost the opportunity to stand. Hallelujah. And So you and I, we have a ministry called the Reconciliation Ministry, according to the word of God. Hallelujah. Which is very, very beautiful. Which means that every single human being on earth here, Whether we know it or not, there is something in us that seeks to make sure that if anything has gone wrong with us or with our environment or with our relationship or with anybody, there is this thing that goes on in us that seeks for reconciliation to be reestablished again. Hallelujah. Amen. So now the question comes to this place that what actually is reconciliation? What is reconciliation? It is a double-barreled word, which is re and conciliation. The prefix re establishes a fact that there is there was a place of conciliation that existed between either man and God or either man to man. Uh, and, and because of the issues of the past or maybe situation going on, <coughs> life may have drifted apart. Situation may have caused people to separate from each other or separate from their God, especially in the Bible, in the beginning of scriptures, where man sinned against God. The Bible says that there was a separation between us and God. So in heavenly world, there was no connection anymore between man and God. And on earth also, there was that kind of situation, that sense of rottenness that existed between mankind. And so if you saw it carefully, you read carefully. The Bible says that in Genesis chapter 6, which I've been dealing with for a couple of times now, that man's attitude and behavior was anything to do to make God to be upset even more. So there was this kind of a strange relationship going on. The relationship between man and God had become estranged and there was no sense of harmony. There's no sense of joy. So God decided that he wanted to get back to us or we need to get back to God. And one of the ways to get that happening was the act of reconciliation. So reconciliation means the restoring of broken relationship to a former state of harmony. The restoration of a broken relationship to or to the former state of harmony. That is, it is often involved in making amends with those that we have hurt or those who feel that they have been wounded or they have been wrong in one way or the other. And reconciliation helps us to uh, come to a place of understanding that we must have some three factors involved. Number one, there must be an honest dialogue. Number two, there must be forgiveness. Number three, and there must also be a self-sacrifice for the involvement of reconciliation. I'll take them one after the other. The honest dialogue. There must be an open dialogue between the two parties. Hallelujah. Reconciliation has to happen when this thing has happened in terms of being drifted apart and God or man, between man and God or between uh, God, uh, man and man, we need to open a new dialogue system or a platform where we can begin to express ourselves with whatever had gone wrong, how it happened, the process it came about. And therefore, we need to have an open dialogue to begin to find ways and means to get back in that place of harmony, which we have lost. Hallelujah. It is a speaking that open dialogues must be open. If not, reconciliations can never happen. One thing that can happen is that one may tolerate the other, but that is not a true reconciliation process. If I'm tolerating you or I'm putting up with you, it means that I am not in proper harmony with you. And where there is no harmony, unity can never exist. I have seen this carefully. I have seen it sitting in the midst of church members. I have seen it happening in the midst of pish, uh, pastors and, and people of God who stands behind the pulpit fighting among themselves. Others fighting over money. Others fighting over congregation. Others fighting over all kinds of crazy stuff. fighting over parking spot, parking spot, parking spot. You know, you know? And, and it's very funny how the enemy can use almost anything to be able to create a gap between relationships or relations, anything. The enemy always finds an advantage. I was advising a brother concerning some issues regarding marriage. And I said, listen, one of the things the enemy can do is the act of anger. The scripture says we should be angry, but never sin. And we shouldn't let the sun go down on our anger. But one thing that the enemy can do between you and your spouse is this that one may do something foolish or something stupid, and you feel that, how dare you do this, or why did you have to do this? And because of that, there will be a sense of anger that will be ignited in one, one party. The moment that happens, all of a sudden, the relationship begins to drift apart if you don't take care and begin to make amends and obey the voice of the Lord, which says that do not let the sun go down on your anger and bridge the gap between the two of you, the crevices that has been created, the enemy will work in that and widen it more and more with all kinds of issues. And so what you need is a quick reconciliation, a quick amendment between the two of you so that no gap is left unopened or open up for the enemy to begin to come in there hallelujah so it is important that every time we have offended somebody or someone has offended us this dialogue system must be open so that we can find ways and means to resolve the matter that has happened uh between the brother or between you and god so open dialogue is very important secondly Forgiveness, forgiveness is necessary because forgiveness can only happen when somebody is offended. I cannot forgive you if you have never offended me. And therefore, for us to be able to have this courage, this heart in us as sons and daughters of the King, to be able to practice forgiveness, which is one of the character ...of God, which the Bible said here... ...that God was not looking at their trespasses. He was not counting on them... ...their trespasses anymore... ...but rather, seeking for ways and means... ...to reconcile man back to God... ...through Jesus Christ, his son. So, this act of forgiveness... ...must begin to work in us... ...as sons and daughters of the king. I keep saying this... ...that you can only practice forgiveness... Only and only when one has offended you. You can say it and you can you can suggest it, but the only way you can see it really happening in your life is when it has happened to you that you have been offended. Amen. And so it's important that the second part, which is forgiveness, must begin to work in us. A heart of forgiveness must always be part of a child of God. No matter where you are, no matter how far you are, no matter what someone has done to you, we always have to turn around and begin to seek for this opportunity to make amends and make sure that, listen, yes, I see your flaws and I see your weaknesses, and therefore I I preserve my right to be right, but rather desire to seek for your connection back to me and back to 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 ourselves so that the relationship that we have can begin to work well if not trespasses if we count each other's trespasses against them we will never find any place in us to be able to reconcile if open dialogue has been able to be established and we are communicating And what we are sending across each other is what we have done against us. Oh, you took all the stew and didn't leave me anything. And I'm eating plain rice instead of getting a bit of chicken on top. And, and you didn't give me a bit of a pepper when you were eating your kinky, and all you know, and then I bombard you with this, you bombard me with this. There is never going to be a place of compromise for us to understand the need for us to forgive each other. So, forgiveness is very, very vital, not counting the sins of the other against them. When we begin to practice this attitude, then the process of reconciliation has begun. If not, then the act of tolerance is what we will play. That, okay, it's okay, let's, 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 let's leave it at this place. Let's forget, let's forget. Yes, we will forget about it, but the hate or the seed of bitterness has been established in the heart of the person. So though they have have forgotten about the issue, but whatever the enemy wanted to establish has been established. That is the seed of resentment. That is the seed of bitterness. That is the seed of anger. That you are using self-control to manage the anger of pain, of trespass that somebody has done against you. So, for us to be able to establish a true reconciliation and to see it happening, to produce the harmony that we are requiring from the Lord, what we need to do as sons and daughters of the king is to let go genuinely a genuine forgiveness for our brother, a genuine forgiveness for our sister. We need to establish that by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just as the Bible says that God not counting their trespasses against them and trusted us the message of reconciliation. So I don't have to send back your message of all the errors and the mistakes that you have done. I keep saying this as one of my um, philosophies that I always give people room to make an error and correct themselves. It does not mean that I am stupid or I I can't reason with my mind. No, I reason with my mind, but there is something with us as men and as human beings. Unfortunately, that is one of the major weapons the enemy uses to hit us, which will help us to understand what are some of the hindrances to this reconciliation process. That is ego, the ego of a man, the ego and the pride of people, the ego of men. Willing to stand on their ground to say that I am right, I am right, I, pre- I preserve my right to be right, and therefore, I whatever it is, our ego stands in the way. Our ego, the egos of men, if if God's ego as a father, as a king who rules a whole kingdom, if his ego was maintained and sustained, no one would ever find it necessary. To go back to him and say that we are sorry and he will forgive us. It will not happen. The Bible says that it is to a king's honor to overlook a wrong. So God practices the act of overlooking a wrong. When you have done a mistake, do not not know, not that he does not know that you have done a mistake or he condones what is sin, but rather because of harmony that he is seeking to create with you, the appeasement that we used to have with him when he used to come in the cool of the day, in the garden, he seeks that relationship every single moment of our lives and therefore whatever rift that comes between us and him he, he always makes sure that he wants to find a way to resolve that matter and the third thing is self-sacrifice for those who are involved you have to sacrifice you must sacrifice because sacrifice is the openings that allow me to give you room to begin to express yourself in a way that you desire to express so that you also make a room to express myself the way it needs to be. Hallelujah. If we don't have a heavy heart or a bigger heart to accommodate each other, that that is the act of sacrifice. That is a big heart to accommodate people and to allow them to be able to find expression with their weaknesses and with their strength within the confines of your heart, of love. If we don't have that in us, if that sacrificial act is not found in us, we will not be able to create this harmony that we are seeking for. So sacrifice, sacrifice is important. Just as God will overlook his position as a king, and would rather send forth his only begotten, which is, uh, which uh, the book of John chapter uh, John chapter three verse sixteen will tell us that that was all that he had, the only son that was at his uh, at his uh, right hand, dealing with him in the things of life and the things of the kingdom. And here he had to sacrifice the only son that he had for you and I to be able to get back to him. It wasn't us seeking back to go to God, no. but It was God who was seeking us. who were lost to him. So sacrifice must begin to work in us if we can find reconciliation working properly. Hallelujah. And all these three acts leads us to that place where one, we can get understanding of our lives and our union "...as sons and daughters of the king, and also as brothers and sisters, and to let peace prevail." I use the word again, to let peace prevail. I use the word again, to let peace prevail. The peace of the Lord, that is necessary for us to be able to progress in the things of the kingdom." In the kingdom, what rules is peace? The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9 that the king will be born and he will be called the prince of peace, which means that there is no ambiguity, there is no struggle in heaven. That place, there is no sense of fight and struggle. No, 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 no. What prevails in there is peace because he is the king of peace. So the process of honest dialogue opening Forgiveness and also self-sacrifice is for the purpose of creating understanding. And the second thing is to also forge the peace which the king is the king over. That is our God. So it is vital as sons of the king for us to begin to develop these things. Amen. If your Bible is close to you, let's open to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter one. And let's learn something from them. So now we have come, learned about uh, what uh, the reconciliation means. We have come to the place uh, to understand that uh, it is of a necessity that we need to have the reconciliation done. Uh, and also we have seen what hinders reconciliation, which is ego, pride, and also uh, one thing that I forgot to add is I know my right. (laughs) I know my right. Hallelujah. Every time we know our right, somebody's left also prevails. Amen. So we have to find room to let others also express themselves. Amen. And one thing that I have not uh, been able to bring up is also um, the different dimensions where uh, reconciliation is necessary to prevail hallelujah With the different dimensions which then uh, uh, reconciliation is necessary to prevail and that is where we are heading towards now ephesians chapter 1 verse 1 coming down up to i think 10 let's do 10 it will be a bit of a scripture but i think that the spirit of god will help us amen paul an apostle of jesus christ by the will of god to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus grace to you and peace from God our father did you hear the word peace again there is a peace from God our father the lord the father of our lord Jesus Christ is a blessed be the god of our father and our lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. In love. I use the word again. We should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. To the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. To the praise of his glorious grace, which is in his uh, blessed in the beloved, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us. The mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him. Again, he's using the word to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So God is seeking for reconciliation or looking that we will find a reconciliation in two dimensions. The first dimension is finding reconciliation in the things in heaven. And the second dimension is to find reconciliation on the things on earth. Let me take them one after the other. I've mentioned, I've I've touched on it a little bit, but let me make it clearer here in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is saying that he wants to bring all things under divine control, under divine harmony, under divine strength, under divine power. He wants us to be in one place with one love, with one mind, with one heart, because he is the king of peace. And what he is seeking is that When we want to walk with Him, we need to have this harmony, this thing working as oneness of heart, unity of purpose in Him. And so if we need to have that, there are two dimensions which we need to operate. That's the dimensions of the things of heaven and the dimension of the things on earth. On things on earth, we are dealing with my brother and my sister. On the things of heaven, we are talking about the host of heaven, the Father Himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and those angels that are, our uh, ministers that are supposed to minister to us. The Lord wants us to find this expression of harmony, of divine reconciliation with these two dimensions. So every child of God, our dimensions that we are supposed to operate from to find harmony, not only on earth here, but rather in heaven. So we will become lopsided if only I can make amends with God and not with my brother. Hallelujah. If I can go before God and say, Lord, I love you, I give you all praise, I give you all glory, and all the love words that we can spread out and share and shower before God, and he looks at us and see you with your brother next to you, who is just next to you you can touch, and you are not able to say hello to him or her, then the Lord is questioning you saying saying, what do you think you are doing? So for us to be able to find the inheritance and to work in it according to the purpose that he has called us all in there, which, which, which is his counsel that he has given to us, he wants us to walk in two dimensions of reconciliation. That is the dimensions to make amends with him in the things of heaven with God, the the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit, and with all the hosts of heaven, and on earth here, the dimensions with your brother and your sister, the dynamics that goes on on earth here with us, we need that place of reconciliation in there, where we can uh, open up with a brother genuinely to say, I love you. If I say I love you, I mean it, hallelujah. If I say thank you, I mean it, hallelujah. If I say I'm not so happy what is going on, I mean it, amen. We need to become genuine genuinely in love with one another, genuinely in love with God also, so that the act of reconciliation, the flow of the Spirit, the flow of His grace, the flow of His power, the thing that He has given to us as an inheritance, according to verse 11, it says that in Him we have obtained inheritance, having been predestined, which means that our destination has been set already. But what can get us there is the Wheel of harmony which God wants us to create ourselves by the grace that he's given to us through Jesus Christ so that we don't miss out on the opportunity to get to the place where he wants us to be. So there must be two-dimensional harmony that everyone must work on as your reconciliation process. You have to find a place in your heart to let go no matter how the situation may be no matter what somebody has offended you and how strong the things may be hallelujah we have to find an expression in us to let go if not all the repentance uh, subject that we have dealt with and having a full understanding a picture in our minds it will never benefit anybody of us Unless the place of reconciliation has begun and worked out carefully. Amen. We need to work on that. I'm not saying that it's an easy task for you to think that, oh, it's just easy. Oh, yeah, I let go. No, it's not. It is not because somebody has been hurt. Yes, somebody is seriously hurt. Somebody has been seriously offended. I remember I was talking to, uh, I, I was listening to a, a conversation. Uh, from one of the men of God, Dr. uh, Jeremiah, and he was saying that he had made a statement that was so belittling, and a lot of members, he had started church, uh, 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 like in the initial stages of his church, he said something out of frustration against some of the members, and he said he lost majority of the people, about 20 of them, and they were hurt, they were seriously hurt, and he didn't see it necessary to go and make amends with them. And for 20 years, 20 years, somebody was still keeping that hurt in their heart. Until one day, one of them mastered courage, met with him, and spoke to him and said, listen, you remember these years and these things that you said? Say, yes, I do. Funny enough, he still also had that thing at the back of his mind, but did not find it necessary to go and send ask for amendment. And so the man opened him and said, "Listen, whatever you did, you hurt, You did hurt me. I was hurt. I was broken by your actions, by your words. People of God, words can break. Words can can cripple. The actions of men can actually weaken people. Small action can really." the act of neglect where you don't want to even get yourself associated with the person i've seen this i'm talking about out of experience where somebody can literally try to make you feel insignificant in the sight of others in public and to actually belittle you to the point where you look at yourself and say oh, is that all that it is to me and then you begin to walk away in quietness out of the hurt or the pain. And some people can actually be aggressive and also fight back and say something negative. And say, so two wrongs will never make a right. But if you walk away with also a broken heart, make sure that you find a way to find healing for your heart, to reconcile, to make sure, so that you can be able to enjoy the full process of our destination where God wants us to get to. If not, we will continue to struggle and continue to keep hurt. We'll continue to keep all kinds of malice in our heart. We'll continue to keep all issues in our heart. I deliberately, I remember some years ago, I deliberately decided to go and give a gift to somebody who has hurt me, just so that I can feel in my heart that I have truly forgiven. I deliberately did that, not because the person deserved what I was given, but I chose to do that for my own good. Because I was seeking for me, the Bible even says it, that if you have an issue with a brother, if you are coming to give an offering on the, on the altar, do not do the offering. Go back, make amends with your brother before you come, which means that these two dimensions of reconciliation must be necessary of a necessity be carried out well, so that after everything that we've done, we know for sure that we stand clean. the sight of God so that the process of getting us the inheritance which is in the beloved will not be falling short by the grace of God. And so I deliberately went out my way and bought something and gave it to the person. I said, look, I brought this to you. And the person was shocked and the person couldn't explain it, couldn't talk. And the man was looking at my face with with funny feelings, very awkward feelings. And I smiled and I said, well, I've got to go, so I'm going, and I left. People of God, God is seeking for us to have reconciled life. He wants us not to walk far away from him, neither to walk far away from our brothers and our sisters that we think that they are brothers and sisters to us. There could be an enemy who may come in our dwelling place to ignite some situation to create a rift. But I want you to see this net of a necessity that, look, you don't want to give him any room. The Bible says so. We don't want to give him any room to operate. And so what the Lord is requiring from you and I is the act of reconciliation, constantly making amends with one another and finding necess- necessary to also make amends with God. Remember Job was crying out and screaming and shouting and all that. So why have you made my pain so difficult to cope? What what wrong have I done? And he was we can't hear you. We can't hear you. Job called God to attention and sat with him and desired for an audience with God. Why his pain is incurable and why the troubles of his life. What the trouble was going on and including his own families that were closer to him that were seeking for his demise. They want him to die because the guy has become a burden on us and we don't want to contain burdens. Listen, that is one of the things that we, we human beings we do. When things are going well with us, everybody wants to associate with you, especially when you are doing well in public sight. Everybody will say, Oh, oh, I, I made this guy, I did this for him I make this. But the times of your struggles, nobody wants to associate with you. And it's a similar thing that is going on, it was going on with the life of Job. Job found it necessary to begin to stay on course, and he kept quiet until his friends, his noble friends, who had say in the society that Job was, they came to him and when they began to open up their mouth and speak and all that, all that they were seeking was to condemn him. Hallelujah. They were condemning the brother, saying that, oh, you've done something wrong. If not, this one won't happen. You've done something wrong. That's why you are in this mess. You've done something wrong. That's why there's a curse upon your life. Every single time they continue to wage war about his attitude, about his morality, about his actions of the past, which is no preview to the sight of others. So they thought that in his secret chambers, he may have done something wrong. That's why he, he was enduring or entertaining all that. But Job did not hold these things against them. He was holding it against God. So he had one side all right, and the other side wasn't right. And so there was this dialogue between him and God, and began to call on God to come and sit down and to talk to him through what was going on with his life and his own family, including his servant that he bought with his own money. Now when he called them, they won't come. Hey. <sighs> But God, this brother helped, was helped by the hand of God, and the Lord knew his heart. And when he made amends with God, that was where he began to say that, though he slays me, yet without I trust him. If he saw it necessary to allow God to impoverish his life or to make his life mess, and to also find it necessary to pray for his friends, then he has completed the cycle of reconciliation. So from that point, the Bible says that the restoration of his life, Job 42, the restoration of his life was a double of everything that he lost in the past. So it is important for us to see the necessity of doing these two-dimensional reconciliation where we make amends with God and we make amends with the man, so that we can begin to walk with the fullness of freedom in our soul in our spirit and to receive the double portion to receive the inheritance in their beloved to be able to walk in the grace and the predestined a uh, uh, place that god wants to take us to by his grace hallelujah i want to talk about the two common factors that as, as an example so that we can learn from these two people that is joseph and our lord jesus christ let's talk about joseph first joseph had a dream and his dream was that he saw himself as a leader in, 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 in explanation and interpretation, he spoke to the father. The father saw that, hey, the, this guy, we have all to bow to him. He saw that when he had the first dream, he spoke to the brothers. And the brothers also realized that hmm, this guy will be a leader over us. And unfortunately, they all could not contain the gravity of this dream. And for that matter, they hated him. And so what happened was that they sold him out. They planned actually to kill him so that his dreams does not come through. We have that that's going on everywhere. I remember carefully, I remember carefully, I will leave this one out, uh, that people try to kill our dreams that we have, especially when we try to communicate the dreams to them. And we think that, oh, I want to do this project. What do you think? And they sit down and they have not achieved that. How dare you thinking to do this project? Who are you to come and do it? When did you come? You, you, and all those kind of interesting uh, analogies that they bring against us. And then they begin to find ways and means to bring you down. So anything, anything to do, to say, to act. And people, they can literally call people to come, from, come away from you, not to support you. I'm talking out of experience. They will tell people, oh, don't go and support this one. Oh, don't tell, don't mind this one. And all that. They will find anything necessary to discredit you in the sight of others so that these people will not be able to find it in your heart to deal with you kindly. And so they do that. And they did that to Joseph. and, And by the time he realized, he found himself as a slave. A dreamer with great potential now has become a servant in somebody's house and now was sold up like a commodity or up and down here and there. But God was aware and God was watching. It never faced God to change the whole process. And that is something I want to draw your attention to everyone listening to me. No matter what you are experiencing and how people are treating you and how wicked people are being to you, Don't ever think that God is not watching. The Lord watches. He watches. Even the scripture says that he watches over the sparrows. His mind is concerning even the sparrows, the things, the animals, the birds of the air. He makes sure that every one of them eats, let alone his sons and daughters, whom he has called as a king. Without us, God cannot be king over anything except his creations. And he has made us in his image. That is the only thing that God created in the likeness. That is us. We are the image of God. We carry his characteristics. And so there is nothing that will face him of us. He will do anything to maintain and sustain the relationship. So if man is not giving you or they are not giving you the respect that is due you, or making life harder for you and creating situations to make life difficult, don't ever worry god is watching i'll say this again i said what god is watching he's watching he will watch you go through all the terrains of the difficulty because he knows for sure that it will develop something good in you he will see you through all the arrows and the weapons the traps the booby setups and everything that the enemy has done And he will make sure that none of them drops you off guard. He will sustain you. He will keep you going. He will make sure that your heart is not affected. And when you come to the other side, then his glory is made manifest through you. And he can say that that is my servant. He has been tried and tested. And he has proven that indeed he's a true servant of mine. Listen, God could not trust any of the brothers of Joseph, Joseph, All the big ones, all the matured ones, and all those with experience in war and battle and everything, God never trusted any of them except this one, except this one. And so, when Joseph had passed through the terrains and everything, and the point for his elevation had come, and now the brothers have come to bow before him, the father has now come, that the meaning and the true interpretation of the dreams and visions that the Lord revealed to him now comes to light in the sight of his brothers. And they will say that of the truth, we are the ones that sinned against him. And they made amends with him. And he said, listen, you meant it for evil, but the Lord meant it for good, just so that he will preserve a posterity for us in times of need so sometimes whatever men are doing to you they are actually pushing you towards the journey of your destiny hallelujah they are pushing you towards the journey of your destiny so that when you land there by the grace of god you know for sure that you have been through thick and thin and nothing was able to drop you but by the grace of god you are here you have arrived And you have gotten to the place where you should be. And they will come now to come and confess to the God of all creations, the Father of all flesh, the King of glory, that indeed what we did against you wasn't right. So, Father, forgive me. And then from that point, you have gained back your family. Jesus Christ, uh, Peter, the apostle, stayed with him. The Bible says that he was with Jesus Christ moving up and down with every stage that he went the brother was speaking about mysteries about who the son of God was and all that but when it came to the point of him accepting the fact that Jesus Christ he has been the follower of this man and for years, three years, that he has stayed with him, a lot of people knew him. He They saw him with him, uh, with, 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 the, with Jesus, walking up and down, sharing the gospel, sharing the bread, doing all kinds of evangelism and the and all that. Yet, when the time, when the time and the moment of trust came for him to accept that, yes, I was with him, he denied him. He denied him. But the beauty of it is that jesus knew that this would happen he knew but some of us we don't know what you or somebody else may do against us and so whenever it hurts us or it hits us we can really find it hard just like joseph's life and jesus christ also now began to also practice an act of uh reconciliation according to john chapter 21 verse 15 to 17 and jesus reconciled with peter, peter after peter denied him three times he allowed him and said that, listen when thou are converted strengthen your brothers this is the time i want you to realize that listen you cannot uh, ignore one side of the bargain and leave the other so jesus christ practiced a typical example even on the cross he asked the father not to use those things that were doing against him as a charge against him hallelujah he said to him, the Father, that, Lord, do not lay a charge against these ones because they are ignorant. So, people of God, let's always seek for reconciliation in the things that we do. It is not always easy, but the Lord will give you strength to be able to achieve the purpose of reconciliation. Hallelujah. And I know for sure that you and I, we can do it as God gives us the grace. Hallelujah. You will never miss on the opportunity to reconcile to God reconcile with your brother, to be able to walk to the path that God wants you to get on in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So let us take the necessary action and let's begin to do these actions now by God's grace. Amen. Uh, hallelujah. I want it to be practical. I want to go through the two dimensions. That is between our, our, our ourselves and our brothers and also between us and God. That is; Those are the two dimensions. And then I want us to begin to pray and ask God that, Lord, wherever I have aid, because sometimes we have done so much wrong, especially when prayers are not being answered. And we have spent time, so time over and over, and we can't see results happening. Sometimes we can really be very rough to God. Hallelujah. Let's make amends. Amen. I have been there before. I'm talking about also. I've been there before. One day I told God, Lord, I'm not going to pray. I won't pray anymore. You, you, you do whatever you want to do. I won't pray. And, and I was sitting down on a chair, and I said, I won't pray. No, 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 no. What I was saying was a prayer. <laughs> you see how weak men we are, you know? We cannot do it all by ourselves, but when the grace of God comes, and I found myself crying and then uh, saying words to him and all that, and I said, Lord, this is not fair. This is hard. This is tough and all that. And it was an act of prayer. I was praying, but I did not know that I was praying. I said, I won't pray. And yet I was praying. Hallelujah. Let us make amends with him and say, Father, wherever we have d- done wrong against you, whether through sin, whether through disobedience, misunderstanding, misrepresentation, whether we are acting wrongly against you, we ask for mercy. We want to make amends with you from today. We want to reconcile by your grace in Jesus' mighty name so that we can stand strong and become one with you. Hallelujah. And then we pray that God gives us grace to be able to make amends with our brothers, our sisters, our spouse, our children. We have offended so many people and so many people have offended us. Let's make it right. Hallelujah. Uh, Sometimes I pick up the phone and call people around so that I know for sure that I don't have to call them again. I still call them around just for the sake of peace. Hallelujah. Just so that the hand of God will work in them. So please, let's make amends. If you take your step. And they don't respond. You have done your bit. That that heaven bears record with you. Heaven bears record with you. So let's do it. Let's pray. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the message of this reconciliation process. And we thank you for all the knowledge that you've shared with us today through your word and the information we have received today. We pray for strength and grace that in we starting with you. That in true a reconciliatory process whatever we have done against you including our words our actions our thoughts imaginations our ways our behaviors our attitude we pray for mercy in the name of jesus christ the lord forgive us in the name of jesus we open up and we are coming to you and we are asking for forgiveness for our actions we're asking forgiveness of our ways we are asking for forgiveness of anything that we have done, that does not befit us as a glorious children of yours. We want to make amends from today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We also pray, O God, for strength to make corrections and amendments with our brothers and our fellow uh, human beings on earth here, oh God. We pray those who have offended us, help us, give us the strength and the courage to forgive. And those whom we have offended, we pray that may they also find it necessary in their heart to forgive. I pray the Lord, reconcile us, connect us back together again, to help us to reestablish ourselves in that place of peace and harmony so that we can understand each other, we can understand the process of you taking us to the place of fulfillment. We thank you, we honor you, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, with thanksgiving we pray. Amen and amen.